Loli, ¿cómo están? I feel like it's been such a long time, but I am so happy to be back. And gracias al universo, he estado muy ocupada con uno de mis libros, but I wanted to make a little space in my schedule to bring back a story time. Especialmente porque va con todo este tema de, pues, del libro, de la escritura, de mi vida como artista. So wanted to bring this story because I feel like most of the people that started following me and supporting me are relatively new and may not know that I've been doing this writing, been on this writing journey for about 15 years of my life. Entonces quería traer esta historia para que sepan que esto no es algo que llegó de la noche a la mañana. No quiero que me vean y se comparen, que sientan que van muy lento en su camino en su viaje, en su jornada. I don't ever want anybody to compare themselves to me or feel like they're doing something wrong because they're not at the point that I am. I know that I do it too with other people. I can't help to compare myself. I'm my harshest critic. So I should probably take my own advice. But this is why I wanted to bring this story. So you could know that it wasn't easy. It's still not easy. But it's something that's taken me over a decade. And with that said, let me just say that my whole dream started back when I was in sixth grade and it started with me starting school in the United States. I know it's kind of a weird way to discover your purpose in life, o a lo mejor no te lo esperas, pero créeme que el universo te manda señales, mensajes, circunstancias que menos te esperas y a veces nos cuesta leerlas, pero hay que poner atención y hay que tener no sé, los brazos abiertos para recibir lo que sea because for me, it was it was that, it was sixth grade it was feeling out of place, it was not believing in myself, but the universe said no mija, no mi ciela <laughs> and before we get into sixth grade, school in the US let's go way, way back to when I was little información que creo cabe recalcar es que yo siempre he utilizado la escritura como alguna forma de de terapia, de expresión. And this is because I am the oldest daughter of a family who didn't or wasn't able to heal their wounds before becoming a family. And so for that reason, como he dicho en mis poemas, los ciclos nos alcanzaron. Había muchas heridas, muchos fantasmas. So my family went through a lot. There was a lot of love and a lot of happy moments. Pero también habían tristezas. Más porque ya existían los corazones rotos en esa familia. Y como dice mi psicóloga, ella considera que quizá yo nací una persona que observaba mucho. Muy... Con mucha introspección. And, coincidentally, I also tell my therapist that when I think of me as a little girl, I think of a secondary character. Es muy triste cuando lo pienso y cuando me describo de esa manera, pero así me veo. Me veo como una espectadora. Someone who was just observing, watching, and not saying anything. So, for that reason, I would see a lot of things happening in my family. Both good and bad, but I kind of figured that if I didn't say anything, if I didn't have any needs... If I didn't have any boundaries, if I didn't have any feelings, then I would just not add to that stress, suffering, and chaos of my family. Entonces lo que yo hacía era escribir. 
I would just write and I had esos cuadernitos con el candado y la llavecita minis. Tenía miles de esos. I had journals, diaries where I would write poetry, my feelings, even songs. Escribía canciones y en mi cabeza yo me hacía la, la musiquita y me ponía a cantar sola. <risa> y ya con eso explicado de pues mi amor por la escritura, pero en ese entonces yo no lo veía como un sueño, algo que me apasionaba, sino simplemente era mi rutina, escribir. Now let's go forward to elementary school. From first to fifth grade, my sister and I went to a Catholic school in Tijuana. Shout out Instituto México. Uh, but for some reason, when I was in sixth grade and my sister was in fifth grade, my parents decided that we were going to start going to school in San Diego. Yo soy de Tijuana, que es frontera con San Diego. So we would start school in San Diego, but we would still live in Tijuana. So we would cross the border every day to go to school. And now this is where the fun begins. Aquí es donde torció... ¿Cómo es eso? Torció la puerca al rabo. ¿Cómo dice el dicho? I don't remember. Pero aquí es donde viene lo bueno. So my sister and I got to go to a school about five minutes away from the border because, like I said, we would be crossing every day to go to school. We would wake up at like 3 or 4 a.m. so we could make it in time by 8 a.m. So... Here's the thing, I don't know if this is how schools in the U.S. work, but for our school specifically, before you got to go to your official classroom for the school year, you were put in a random classroom with random people, like the new people, but all mixed, like all grades, everything was mixed, and you would wait there. It could be days, weeks, a month, depending on how long it took for you to be placed in a room, And that depended on whether or not the classroom had space for you. Y estando en esos salones, no aprendíamos mucho. O sea, jugábamos. Este, sí hacíamos actividades edu de educación. But it wasn't really for the school year curriculum, if that makes sense. So we were just there basically waiting. And once your official teacher had room for you, you would get picked up and... Go to your official classroom. Se sentía como en la película de Toy Story con los marcianitos de la garra cuando los agarraban y los escogían y se sentían el elegido. That's how you would feel. And I remember my sister got picked earlier and she went to her fifth grade classroom and I stayed there for a little longer. And then I got picked up to go to my official sixth grade classroom. Me tocó con Mr. Rosillo. Y siempre recordaré su nombre porque él fue un maestro que... Fue casi como la raíz de mi sueño, quien me empujó, me impulsó, me motivó. So I will always say that name with gratitude. And so comes my first day of sixth grade. This is a day I will never forget. And it, I play it often in my head and it plays vividly. Back then it wasn't funny, but today, I am 27 now, it's funny to me. So... I got picked to go to my classroom. I walk into the class. Like I said, it's October. They were reading a short story. I think it was called The Hatchet. And I remember it. And I remember the drawings. También cabe recalcar que tengo memoria fotográfica. So I remember every single thing. Every single image. And I remember that I sat down on a table that I was told to sit down at. And my teacher asked me to read the words on the page. And I think... 
It wasn't with bad intentions. I think he was just trying to see my level of English. Y antes de eso quiero decir que yo ya sabía un poco de inglés, sabía lo básico. My dad started working at McDonald's when I was a baby. I think when I was like one. And so he had been working in San Diego pretty much his whole adult life. And I remember I would hear him talking to his friends or coworkers on the phone. And to me, he had perfect English. And I always admired my dad. And I always had a, yeah, just a very profound admiration for my dad. So I made it my goal to learn English, to speak it the way that he was, which in my eyes, it was perfect. So I tried to learn English. I would watch TV. I would watch shows and movies in English with subtitles. Según yo aprendiendo. Según yo Duolingo Who. <laughs> and también en mi escuela católica nos enseñaban un poco de inglés, pero era lo básico. So I knew how to say a couple things, but I didn't know how to have a conversation. And I definitely could not read it. Read a whole sentence. I only knew the basics, like, hi, how are you? bathroom you know so my teacher asked me to read the page that they were on and i remember looking at the page and i felt like the words were jumping around dancing around i couldn't understand anything i could just see the image of the kid i think he was like in a mountain or something pero yo me acuerdo que las palabras se me estaban moviendo se me iban del lugar and i even felt like they were laughing at me And I thought that everybody was staring at me. I thought that everybody was judging me. But they were probably just minding their business. But that's just how I am. And my teacher was waiting. And I just, I couldn't. And I started feeling so embarrassed and so anxious. And what did I do? I ran out of the classroom. <laughs> Así nomás, salí corriendo del salón. I thought it was in a Hannah Montana episode. I thought I was going to be cast for... High school musical, I don't know, but I ran into a bathroom. Me encerré en el baño, and must I say that it wasn't even a student's bathroom. It was a teacher's bathroom, but I was so embarrassed that I didn't even read the sign. And I was just sitting there on the toilet, not doing anything. Según yo me iba a quedar ahí hasta que alguien me encontrara. Y alguien me encontró, because about 30 minutes later, my teacher sent a girl to look for me, and she found me in the teacher's bathroom. She told me that I was going to get in trouble, and that it was lunchtime, and she would take me to the cafeteria. Y obviamente, en chinga me paré, porque quería comer también, obviamente. <laughs> so, de volada, nos fuimos a la cafetería, y pues ahí quedó la cosa. Y pues ya, ese fue mi primer día. Lo quise compartir para que vieran, pues, el tipo de persona que era yo, mi nivel de inglés, de que no era muy bueno. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, my English and my anxiety and my embarrassment, was because it ties into the day that I discovered I wanted to be a writer. So weeks later, my teacher comes up to me. Oh, by the way, I because of that, I started going to English classes. So, aparte de las clases que tomabas en el año, este, en tu salón oficial, si no sabías inglés al nivel que era considerado, pues, bueno, supongo, you would go to English classes and you would take, I think it was like an hour or two hours out of your school day. Somebody would pick us up. It was like a group of five people, five students. You would get picked up. You would go to a different classroom and you would learn English. 
So I would do that, but still I wasn't confident in my English. And I... No sé por qué me da mucha vergüenza. Ahora sé que el inglés y el español son idiomas con los que fuimos colonizados. You know what I mean? Like, they're, it's, they're not even that important. They're not even all that. So who cares? Now I speak both English and Spanish and I mix them. Y yo sé que no es perfecto y no me importa, pero antes de eso, no sé, me sentía... No sé, me daba mucha vergüenza y creo que también tiene mucho que ver la manera en que el sistema and the way that academia makes students feel for not knowing English that they think is valuable or worthy. I don't know. Anyways, so weeks later, my teacher comes up to me and he tells me that there's a writing contest and he already knew that I loved writing. I think my mom told him or he probably like saw it in me. So he came up to me and told me there was... um essay writing contest and he wanted me to participate in it and I said no I said no because I I thought I couldn't even read a sentence on a page and I can't even have a conversation so how could I possibly write a five paragraph essay I can't I just I didn't think that I would be able to and this is something that hasn't changed much now that I think about it I was 12 15 years later I still doubt myself a lot and I still question my worth as an artist as a writer as a human so algo que compartir con mi psicóloga yo creo so he told me that he would help me and he was like it's okay if you don't know a lot of English we'll use google translate we'll use the dictionary we'll use the computers here in the classroom and I'll help you Just write it, give it to me, and we'll work on it together. And, you know, I thought about it for a lot. And then I was like, I also, I am a people pleaser. So I was like, okay, ya para que él se sienta bien, para darle la razón, voy a escribir el ensayo. And the theme of the essay was borders, fronteras. Porque, pues, era un concurso en San Diego, que es una ciudad fronteriza, And the contest had different levels. So like elementary school, middle school, high school, and adult. And you were supposed to write about a border you had to cross. Y pienso que mi maestro esperaba que yo escribiera, pues, de la frontera que cruzaba todos los días. I think my teacher expected me to write about the border I was crossing every day to go to school. Or something along those lines. Or something along the immigrant experience, first generation. But me, because I always like to complicate things and I like to make poetry and writing out of everything, I chose to not write about that. I chose to write about my mom because my mom has a bone condition. And, you know, being in sixth grade and seeing your mom in pain every day, now she's a little bit better, but back then it was... Estaba muy activada la enfermedad and being the person that I am, like I said, secondary character who just watched everything and observed, seeing my mom in pain and struggling with everyday activities. I remember one time we went to the snow as a family uh, to Julian and my mom didn't get out of the car. She had to stay in the car because when it's too cold, her bones start hurting and she she can't move. Como que se... No sé, no sé qué le pasa, pero no se puede mover, no puede hacer mucho, está en mucho dolor. So she had to stay in the car while my dad, my sister, and I went out to play in the snow. 
and that to me was very heartbreaking so I wrote about that and how it was you know seeing my mom in pain and to me that was a symbolic border that I was crossing and that my mom was crossing so I wrote the essay and I submitted it and I forgot about it for the next couple weeks because I initially just wrote it so that my teacher could be happy and proud of me and my family and I then went on a little road trip a Los Alisos es un lugar no sé bien si está en Rosarito, Ensenada, no me acuerdo. But it has slides, water slides, pools. It's like a camping park. And we were there enjoying our morning and then my mom gets a call. And I remember it vividly as well that she was on the phone and she started crying. And then she hung up and then she called me. I went up to her, she was crying. And it turned out that I had won the essay contest and she told me that my teacher told her that when he found out that I had won, he was jumping up and down. He was screaming, saying, we won, we won. And his wife thought that they had won the lottery, but it was just me winning the essay contest. So my mom was crying and I was just, I was happy, but I was, no sé, como que no me caía el 20 de lo que significaba eso. Para mi maestro, para mi mamá, para mí como persona, lo que iba a significar. No me imaginé que ese día sería el día en que yo descubriría mi propósito en la vida. After that, there was a ceremony, an award ceremony, where each winner was going to get a, a prize, which was, I believe, $500. Y te daban un chequezote de esos como de cartón. My mom still has hers on her wall de su casa. Lo tiene así pegado y me acuerdo que... Mi papá, mi hermana, mi mamá, mi tía lo firmaron y me pusieron un mensaje. And it's still on my mom's wall. So we would get the prize and we were also supposed to read our piece. And remember, I didn't know how to read much in English. So ahí como pude lo leí. And I think I was the first one to go up because I think elementary was the first level. And here's the thing about my writing. I, because it's something that I have been doing forever since I can remember and to me it's just something I always say that my writing it's an extension of me it's something that's natural to me so a veces como que no me doy cuenta del peso que tienen mis palabras o lo que puedan ocasionar en otra gente que quizá no ve la escritura como yo la veo so I just write what I'm feeling and I'm a very sensitive person I feel things very deeply and I just write it that way and to me it's normal writing como si estuviera escribiendo un calendario o algo así x pero nunca me doy cuenta lo que pueda significar para la otra gente so i wrote my essay to me i was just expressing my feelings about my mom and just seeing her in pain and struggling so when i was reading it i was reading it like i was reading no sé este la caja de cereal so I was reading it and keep in mind because there were so many levels to the competition, there was a lot of people in that ceremony. It was in a hotel in Mission Valley here in San Diego. Y había mucha gente, the contestants, families, but also just strangers, people from the committee, the judges. Um, I don't know. There was just a lot of people and a lot of strangers. The only people I knew were my teacher, his wife. My mom, my dad, and my sister, they were all there. So I went up to read my piece. I como pude con mi inglés todo mucho como diría mi mamá. And I was just reading it. And I remember I looked up 
just to see my mom in the audience. And I remember seeing my mom crying. Sus ojos llenos de lágrimas, hinchados. My dad was crying. Casi nunca lo ves llorar a él, pero he was crying. Strangers were crying. People I had never met in my life were crying. And I remember ese momento, ese minúsculo momento para mí fue eterno. Y yo lo veo como si fuera en cámara lenta. I looked around and I see people crying, emotional. And I started thinking, how can it be possible that people that have never met me, they don't know my life, they don't know my mom, they don't see a struggle, but they have, in that moment, they had compassion and empathy for us. And I kept thinking, how can they be crying when they don't know me? Is this... So this is not about whether they know me or not. This is what my words are doing to them and for them. That was the moment that I realized the power of my words. And I always say this. It doesn't matter if your work or who you are follows the rules of academia, capitalism, rules created by white heterosexual men. It doesn't matter if they their expectations as long as your work and who you are makes somebody feel something positive and influences them or helps them in a positive way that's all that matters and to me that's all that mattered in that moment that I was reading and people were crying and smiling and people clapped for me and it looked like they were proud of me and that's when I realized and I told myself okay this is something that I have to do for the rest of my life. I cannot stop here. This doesn't end here. This is just the beginning for me. I really thought that and I really knew that then writing was what I was meant to do for the rest of my life and that was my purpose as a human, as a daughter, as a sister, as a woman, as an artist. And that's the story. That's how I realized that I wanted to be a writer. And if you've known me for this long, whether it is in person or online, you know that I have never stopped since then. I have stopped at nothing. Y créeme que he pasado por muchas cosas, muchas historias, muchas tragedias, muchos momentos felices y tristes. And I never stopped. I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing. And I am 27, 15 years later. Y aquí estamos. My second book published and... I don't think that I'm at my peak yet. I know in my heart that there's much more that I can do and will do. And yeah, that's that's all I can say. I'm just it makes me so emotional to think about it. Y pues nada, esa fue mi historia de cómo me di cuenta de pues de cuál era mi sueño, mi propósito, cuál sería mi viaje en esta vida. I hope that my story inspired you, helped you in some way, or that at least you were entertained for the 20-30 minutes or however long this will be. Thank you so much for being here, for first reading my words and now listening to them. There's so much that has happened in between that I have yet to tell you. Y espero que te quedes aquí y que podamos compartir pues esas historias juntas. Thank you so much. And again, please do not compare your journey to mine or to anyone else's. Your journey is your own and only you and your inner child are supposed to like it, enjoy it, be proud of it. It's only for you too. That's it.
por cierto, también díganme si les gusta cómo se escucha mi voz. Please do let me know through DM, email message, whatever you are comfortable with. If you like how my voice and how this sounds sounds in this episode better than the last one because I had bought a microphone según para podcast on Amazon y como que no estaba convencida. La verdad es que también me salió barato. Yo soy muy coda. Estoy traumada con el dinero y no me gusta gastar dinero. Entonces, I bought a very cheap microphone and I didn't, obviously I didn't like how it sounded. And then I started using my old iPhone earphones. Esos que se conectan de cordón, que son vintage ahora. And I like how it sounds. Entonces quedé payasa con el micrófono, ya no lo puedo regresar, pero pues, I don't know. Just let me know. Gracias otra vez, les quiero mucho. Bye.